Welcome to RC Spirituality's Novena Pentecost. In this time of COVID and uh, the, the lockdown, just different life circumstances, I wanted to reflect with you about the domestic church and the Holy Spirit. I remember back to when I was an adolescent and my mother started praying the rosary. Um, she invited us all to pray the family rosary. Actually, it wasn't an invitation. It was actually a requirement of our family every night before we went to bed. And uh, among the slew of daily intentions that we would offer before we began the rosary was peace in the world. It was one of the top priorities. So when bickering among me and my siblings was escalating, my mother would just pipe in and say, if you want peace in the world, you need to start here at home. And that really struck me. How could peace between me and my siblings affect peace in the world? For the first time, I think I touched upon the mystery and the power of the domestic church. The family is the domestic church. Just like the church itself participates in Christ's mission, so does the family, the domestic church, participate in Christ's mission. So let's understand what this mission is and then try to apply it to our practical reality in our homes. To do this, I want to take us to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 767. It says that the church is a convocation of all men for salvation. It's a calling together of people for a purpose. And our families, do we call together um, and sort of rally the troops for an intentional purpose? And for what purpose? Well, the church is called together, as it says, for salvation, for our salvation. It's God's way to bring us into the fold. I once heard my friend give a testimony of her father, and she said that she went to school all her life in a very secular setting, but her father had a way of instilling in her that the most important mission he had was to get his kids to heaven. This had a great impact on how she viewed her own life choices. Her father had, of course, desires for her to get a good education, make a good career choice, be happy. But there was a broader scope of his desire and his purpose or uh, intention for her in being father to a daughter. And that was he wanted her to get to heaven, right? a eternal scope, let's say. So how do we intentionally live with the purpose of the domestic church? Well, let's go to another number of the catechism, number 772. It says the church's mission is Christ's mission which is to unite all under him. It's to draw us into the kingdom of God, right? If you want to say it in a more poetic way, uh, Christ's mission is to draw us into his heart. Then we see in Catechism number 767, it speaks of the missionary nature of the church, that um, Christ sent his disciples out to all the nations to share the good news. Do you hear what I, what I hear in these two numbers? There's uh, this drawing us into his heart, and there's this going out to make disciples of all nations. This is a call of every baptized Christian to holiness and to mission. Um, now, you may say, well, with this lockdown of COVID, I can't even partake of the sacraments to be able to be drawn into Christ's life. I can't go out and have normal interactions with my, with other people, the people I work with, my friends, etc. But perhaps God can make great use of this time to strengthen his domestic church in her holiness and in her mission within, within the family. Catechism number 2204 speaks precisely of this domestic church as a communion of faith, 
hope, and charity. So God makes himself present to the world through the family, through the way that um, our family is being united to God and living in this faith, hope, and charity, nurturing it amongst one another. It seems to me there's a sort of sacramental reality of the family. Your family becomes a sign of God's mission of drawing all people to himself and then of going out, of being for the other a witness to um, God's desire to draw near to you. So to help the church fulfill this mission, the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit to give gifts that build up the kingdom of God. And he hasn't stopped doing that. He continues to do that. So this season, as we approach Pentecost, pray to the Holy Spirit to unleash his gifts. You might say, for what, right? I'm stuck at home with my family. Well, this is the perfect setting. Think of the upper room. It's, it's like an upper room experience. You've been bunkered down together in a certain situation. You're not sure of what the future holds. Um, and maybe you're, you're getting the courage now as uh, the situation seems to lighten up. You, you can wander out a bit more, socialize a bit more. Uh, perhaps the home feels still like the safe space. It's your upper room, so to speak. So await the coming of the Holy Spirit there in your family. What a privileged place to receive the Spirit in the domestic church. The Spirit came first to that small gathering of people, gave them the strength to then go out to others. This is a privileged time for the family to open its doors to the Spirit. The family is the nucleus of society, the building blocks of civilization, and the domestic church has an essential role to play in our times. How can we give the Spirit the space to do this in our families? Have we let the Holy Spirit unleash its creativity and polish the gifts of each one in our household? Because each one does contribute to building up the domestic church. Mom, dad, daughter, son, grandma, grandpa, if it applies to your household, whoever's there. As I was reading the catechism on the church, I was also struck by the complementary characteristics that foster the mission of the church. Right, each one playing a role, while the church also has these uh, sort of different dimensions, each one having its purpose and its role. And I thought we could apply this to the domestic church as well. If we look at Catechism number 773, it speaks of the purpose of the church as the communion of God with man in the love that never ends. Right? So the purpose of the church is to bring together God and man in the love that never ends, an eternal love. So the two dimensions of the church that help her do precisely that are the Petrine dimension and the Marian dimension. The Petrine dimension refers to the hierarchical structure, the liturgy, the sacraments, the juridical kind of more law-oriented elements, the canonical aspects. So the Petrine dimension offers a sort of structure, support, a system, and protection with these boundaries. Uh, so it is a necessary element of the church. And how would we apply this to the domestic church, this Petrine dimension? Well, think, what structures, what systems, what rituals or constant elements do you have in place or can you put in place to live the, mis the mission of the church in your family, the domestic church? Well, this helps us have an intentional platform, we could say, for receiving the Spirit's initiatives. Now we turn to the Marian dimension. It's complementary to the Petrine dimension, 
but our faith teaches us that it's actually primary to the Petrine. Think of Pentecost. Jesus had set up a structure for his church. He called his apostles. He set the foundation stones. But for it to be more alive and active, it needed the outpouring of the Spirit. Who taught us how to receive God's outpouring of the Spirit of life better than Mary, the mother of God? So think of Our Lady and her fiat at the Annunciation when the angel Gabriel comes to announce to her that she will be the mother of the Messiah. Just imagine her eagerness to please God, to welcome the Messiah. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and the Word of God was ushered into the world. The Word of God became flesh. This Marian dimension is the receptive element. It's the how we respond, how the church responds to the action of the Holy Spirit and opens herself up to this constant renewing and life-giving action of the Spirit. Like the bride, attentive and welcoming to the bridegroom, the church is responding to God's love through surrender to the Spirit that's alive and active in the church. So how are your families living this, this Marian dimension? Think of the dispositions that each one has. Each one can sort of do an examination of conscience, like how do I welcome God into my home? How do I welcome the Spirit here amongst us as we are having dinner, as we are living here, um, trying to decide how to uh, maneuver these new circumstances. What needs to change in the heart to be able to say fiat and allow the spirit to overshadow you as in the day of Pentecost uh, so that Christ reigns more fully in you and your family? Does this sound too idealistic, not realistic? Well, I go back to my mother's words. If you want peace in the world, start here at home. If we want an outpouring of the Spirit, start here in your homes, in the domestic church. Catechism number 2205 speaks precisely about this domestic church and its call. It says, The family is called to partake of the prayer and sacrifice of Christ. Daily prayer and the reading of the Word of God strengthen it in charity. The Christian family has an evangelizing and a missionary task. So how can we... Um, live this out, greater prayer and sacrifice and uh, having the word of God strengthen us in charity in order to evangelize and fulfill this missionary task. Evangelizing ourselves first, evangelizing one another, um, being a missionary, having a missionary heart in the sense of wanting to be a testimony to one to each other. So it is challenging, yes. But here are some ideas, uh, so maybe some more practical ideas and I'm sure you could brainstorm a few more with your own family. Sit down and, and talk together how you could live this. One idea is to bookmark your day with family prayer. So it can be something as simple as placing an easy-to-read morning offering on the breakfast table or on the breakfast bar. Encourage everyone to take it up and read it if you don't have breakfast together or do it together. Perhaps you can invite different family members to write that morning prayer each week and your um, bringing you know, what's stirring in your heart into the prayer uh, for one another and with one another. You could pray a mystery of the rosary as a family on Pentecost Day if you aren't normally in the habit of praying family rosary. Uh, try the decade of the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles. And at the end of each Hail Mary, you could pray a little prayer, pour out your gifts upon our family, Lord. Or here's a beautiful prayer my mother would pray. 
Come Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well-beloved spouse. It's a beautiful way to invite the Holy Spirit into um, the praying of the rosary too. Another idea, foster an awareness of praying intentionally for others. You know, just be aware that the Spirit's inspiring us as a body of Christ to support one another. You could keep a running list of names and intentions on a whiteboard or on a, a big paper taped to the refrigerator or someplace in the house. Anyone can write intentions on it. And when they offer a sacrifice or prayer for that intention, they put a little check by it. You could also make a list of the Holy Spirit's gifts and the definition of that gift and do a gift grab. Each family member pulls one out and um, you can talk about what does that gift look like? How would that be lived out? Of course, it is a gift of the Holy Spirit, so it's, it's received. Um, but also pray for the gift, that particular gift to come and be present in your family. And this helps you be on, to be on alert for the Spirit's gifts in your family's life. You could also place a scripture, some scripture quotes in a bowl on the table and pull one out at dinner time to read or reflect on, or even to have a Bible memory contest for a certain number of days if you have younger kids or even older kids, big kids, and challenge yourself to really um, ponder, allow the Spirit to work through the Word of God that's planted in our hearts. You can make a fun poster of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, post it for all to see. If you have children, talk about what those fruits would look like in their life and encourage them to put a star when, right by it when they see or experience one of those descriptors, one of those gifts uh, that, or that, those fruits that you are um, trying to explain to them. It hones our attention to the effects of not only our own actions, but the actions of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Then you could honor one another by fostering a spirit of intentional charity or of gratitude or respect or dialogue and conversation, whatever you think the Holy Spirit is inspiring that your family really needs to work on to have this uh, deeper sense of communion amongst yourselves. Affirm your children when you recognize their act of charity, even if it's just holding their tongue when they could have unleashed unkind words to their sibling or to you. When there is charity, there is God's spirit. So another quote you could you know, put, on, put on the wall. We manifest God's presence to the world through our charity. As Jesus said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. Finally, if no one is eager to create intentional ways to live more fully the mission of the domestic church, then you can have your own crusade of prayer, sacrifice, and charity with the hope of the Spirit coming down upon your household in a very special way this Pentecost. And maintain hope that the Spirit can work wonders, as Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Just as a final conclusion, I, I want to turn to Catechism number 2205, that speaks of the Christian family. And it says that the Christian family is a communion of persons, a sign and image of the communion of the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit. So what, wow, what a sign and an image that we are for the rest of the world. And so take this time to really strengthen that uh, inner, um, 
that inner bond that we you have with one another and with God. But imagine the Trinity contemplating families from above. Imagine that Jesus looks down upon your family and then turns to the Father and says, hey, look at that family. I see something of ourselves there. Look how they love one another, or at least they're trying to love one another. And perhaps the Father says, yes, they're off to a good start. What do you say we send the Holy Spirit to help them out a little bit? So Holy Spirit, come and be with us, be among our families, fill our hearts with you, all of your gifts, this holy Pentecost. God bless.